welcome to Mommy with Mama Sal's Bad Words. Thanks for listening. See you next time. I, I did it. Good job. Finding the right jeans is hard. Accepting your jeans is even harder. Whether you wear boyfriend or bootcut, high-rise or low-rise, this podcast will teach you to love the jeans you are in. I'm Rachel. And I'm Tina. And we're going to use modern research to bust diet myths and get real about body after baby. We're going to take you on a journey of unpacking your old beliefs about food and weight so you can learn to nourish your body and raise body-confident kids. So put your booty in a chair and let's talk mom jeans. Welcome to season four of Mom Jeans. This season is called the Bite Size Education Series, where we give you quick bits of science and psychoeducation to help you in your journey towards body respect. This season, we will be answering your listener questions and interviewing amazing experts to expand your knowledge. So get ready for easily digestible, pun intended, pieces of education in podcast form. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Mom Jeans in our Bite Size Education Series. Today we are going to be chatting about the very fun topic as a dietitian. I'm just going to get all the happy feels, but we're going to be chatting about what is healthy eating. Ooh. Sometimes even saying that word, I'm like, I get on the defense, right? I'm like, oh, but but wait, I don't mean it in the sense that you think I mean it. And I want to explain myself. So this is what we're going to do today. We're going to kind of talk about what is healthy eating, answer a listener question, dive a little bit deeper into uh, what is food health, mental health, and all the good stuff. So let's get into the listener question. Rachel, get at it. Yes. All right. Here is our listener question this week. Dear Mom Jeans, thank you for all you are doing and providing the information and education you have thus far. You're welcome. Though I feel inspired by your mom bod messaging, I am conflicted about some of the food information you are providing. I do believe in, quote unquote, providing variety for my family and having everything in moderation. However, I do want to eat healthy and take care of my body. That being said, the information that is available out there about healthy eating is so confusing. I'm worried that if I follow what the internet is saying, my family will be super limited. But I also don't always trust what is in all foods. Can you provide some insight into what healthy eating actually is? Thanks for your help. Love, Mama Greenie. Word of advice. Let's just tone down the internet, okay? I think it's like, <laughs> but I'm, I don't trust what the internet says. Yes. We don't trust it either. We're the celebrities who put out their cookbooks and talk about this on their podcast. Like everyone just sit down and let's only listen to registered dietitians. <laughs> and mental health professionals, right? Because I think, again, yes. we're doing flip side of what, what really makes up our health, but what is healthy eating. And so, yes, include all the people. Well, so I think 
I think we have to kind of skim the surface of recognizing that the information out there is very binary. It really teaches us that this food is good, this food is bad, don't eat this, make sure you eat a ton of this. And I think really when we're focusing from that binary lens of the good, bad, this is off limits, that we're really forgetting how that kind of thinking affects our relationship with food, our relationship with our body, and our mental health. And so if we can kind of come at food from the most neutral space, um, it, I, I think that's going to provide the most benefit to our bodies. And so what I'm saying from that, here's examples of some maybe neutral dialogue um, where it's like people will say, well, so you're telling me that eating an apple isn't better than eating an apple pie. And it's like, okay, hold on. Let's, let's break down the two kind of angles here where we can recognize that an apple – uh, purchased from the grocery store, picked fresh from a tree, is going to offer uh, maybe more nutrition. And that is going to be through micronutrients. It's a carbohydrate. It also is going to be offering fiber for our body. Whereas then the apple pie isn't going to be jam-packed with fiber because we're most often cutting off the skin and we are cooking and processing this food. So anytime you cut a food or cook a food or alter the food's natural state, you are starting the digestion digestion process and as you start the digestion process you are removing some of the nutrition that would be um, readily available versus eating it just fresh but to tell you I I'm not just going to eat all fresh food I need food cooked I like hot food I like food with flavor I like food in different forms and so you're not going to see me just eating fresh fruit, fresh veggies all day long because I'm going to be lacking sufficient nutrients um, from other categories of food and my mental health and my pleasure level is going to be greatly influenced because I'm just eating really boring things all day long. Yeah, I mean, that just sounds really crunchy just to have <laughs> My jaw just, hurts thinking I about know. it. Yeah. Like, I just want something soft. And also, I'm not the dietitian, so I'm going to ask, but like when you're making the apple pie, you're adding a lot of other ingredients. Yeah. So are you also adding different types of nutrients? You are. Yeah. But I think people get really hung up on these buzz, buzzwords of like sugar. You've added sugar and, or you put like butter. Raw and clean and all that. Right. And so I think, I think there's just this this demonization that our culture is portraying to where it's like this food and we'll we'll use sugar in this sense is bad and so because you've added sugar to this food you've now somehow removed all the nutrition that is available yet remember it's just added we've just added the sugar either as a preservative and or as a flavor booster and so we, we can't, we're not actually taking away nutrition. Um, a lot of these foods that are added, like different, different sugars, different salts, different preservatives are quite necessary in our uh, ability to be able to eat food that the way that we eat it today. Um, I think about like food back in the day, probably when I wasn't even alive, right? Where 
you're making food fresh or you are growing it yourself or you're going out in the back and like slaughtering the animal to like bring inside right Rachel's face uh I don't I don't think Rachel's a country gal um but I was definitely born in the right generation when people (laughs) demonize fast food I'm like yeah thank god I'm not gonna kill my own deer (laughs) so so we think about give me a burger any day (laughs) we live in such a fast-paced society and if we want to be able to do that continue to do the things that we do and have the quick pace that we have then I don't think that every person is going to be able to grow their own food, kill their own food. And so we need to be able to take food from the farms that are doing the work for us. Thank you, farmers. And keep it fresh and safe. So by the time it gets to the grocery store or the farmer's market market or the butcher, wherever you're purchasing it from, that it's safe and edible. And so as a result, we need to have these preservatives and we need foods to be processed in order for us to safely consume them. I mean, I've seen the people on the show alone kill their own food. I love that show. They last like 20 days before getting really sick. So quite frankly, yeah. maybe it is healthier to have professionals process right. and, and filter out our foods. Right. Because then we don't die of accidentally eating an infected squirrel. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I do love that show. I get really I obsessed anyways. All right. So I'm not the dietitian. I'm the therapist. So switch gears Switching. to the whole mental health concept. Um, which kind of almost bridges us with the alone because that is also <laughs> mentally, healthily exhausting and emotionally exhausting to be killing our own food all day. So yeah. very grateful for some of the systems that we have in place these days. Um, but also a big piece of this as a mental health professional, I see so many people who are suffering because of their eating habits suffering because of their fear of food, suffering because they are so anxious about navigating all this information of what is health. So I think having a peaceful brain space and a peaceful relationship with food is way more healthy than any macro or micronutrient that you're putting in your body. Um, I feel like a lot of people feel like they're missing out on social engagements, family events, They're not even able to enjoy their food. Um, Food feels like a chore, something that they just have to do. They don't trust their body and they're not in sync with how their body's digesting the food or what their body needs because they're just so overwhelmed with this phobia of not eating healthy. So I think this is why having that balance and that peace is really what is the definition of health when it comes to eating. Um, And this kind of flows into why we tend to operate a lot from more of the intuitive eating and the health at every size mentality, because we do realize that this is such an individual process. Um, Yeah, I think if we kind of pinpoint it to what Rachel is saying, like, let's say you've perfected your eating and per science or the food recommendations, you are eating a balanced amount of macronutrients, vitamins and minerals, you're getting in your nutritional needs, but you're not really straying, right? You're not partaking in, let's say, fast food or pleasurable foods, and you're really just sticking 
with food based off of solely nutrition, you are going to be missing out on life experiences. And the reality of that is that 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 is isolating. That is not actually healthy. So that's not the ultimate concept and relationship we're trying to hold with food is that okay my only purpose in life is to eat perfectly and then I can just neglect these other life moments and I think some examples of this kind of neglect is like let's say you're going on vacation and you kind of it's a free-for-all on vacation because you never allow yourself to stray and then you come back home and you punish yourself because you feel so guilty for what you've done or you have a big event coming up and the relationship you hold with food is rebellious and so you're going to get on track for this life event or let's say you just got pregnant and you now are like I am feeding the baby so I can eat whatever I want and you know in those moments, it's like you could have eaten whatever you wanted before you got pregnant. So I think we have these life moments that really stray us from this overall health concept. One of the components of intuitive eating, one of the principles, is gentle nutrition. And that is kind of guiding people to access the balance and the variety. Where this concept gets very confused and where I hear it get very twisted is it tends to still sound like what they call the food police. So I am going to pursue gentle nutrition while still keeping in mind I should or should not eat that or this or that is healthier or unhealthier or when I'm looking at the menu, because menus these days have all the calories, I'm gonna pick the one with the least amount of calories. That is still policing what you're eating. And so this whole concept of balance and gentle nutrition is how do you kind of gently honor and listen to your body on a daily basis and really kind of figure out what are all the little nuanced nutritional energy needs that your body needs based on each day. So this way you're not just feeling like, oh, I'm a food policing myself when I'm at work and then after work. It becomes a free-for-all or I food police myself on a regular basis but oh it's vacation we just kind of eat whatever we want we drink however much alcohol we want we and we ignore all of our intuition whereas your body needs water both on vacation and at work <laughs> or your body might need um, I don't know all different kinds of foods both at work and on vacation and so it, it becomes much more of a regulatory system where you're regularly trying to kind of incorporate everything again i'm not the dietitian but this is what i see people do when mentally they have that fear and that confusion over all of this and what the definition of healthy eating is so that's something i try to challenge personally in my clients right and one last angle that really does influence the mental angle from with eating is individuals focus on their body and their weight and the shame that comes into play there. And we're seeing it more and more with kids nowadays where so-and-so call me fat or I feel fat. And so therefore I feel like I need to try to control my body. And the only way I have to control my body or my feelings are through controlling my food. And so we're recognizing there that you know, that sense of control is way more detrimental to one's health than it is to really deal with what's at the core of the discomfort related to the body or the behaviors that are going on that are creating weight change symptoms. 
I think fat phobia and the hierarchy of bodies in our society is so subconscious um, that we often don't realize that that is exactly what is behind some of our fears and confusion. And so I think really challenging what the beliefs you have are about what is a healthy body, what is an attractive body, um, what bodies you think are better or worse, and, and just all of those kind of really binary views about bodies um, is a really, really great place to start. Does it mean, you know, once you love your body, you're going to eat balanced? It's not at all about that. It's just really looking at all the systems that are in place that make this concept of healthy eating really confusing. And there are a lot, a lot of systems in place from bodies to food to privilege to access to food. And so we really just want to challenge challenge the listener who's asking this question, just how to kind of navigate what everything means for them and then also what systems are in place that's making this confusing. Well, so we will be diving in later this week to this topic with Deanna Bellany Lewis a registered dietitian, where we will be talking about access, what is healthy eating, privilege, and all of that related to the topic of food. So join us later this week to dive in deeper on this topic. That's a wrap on this episode of the Bite Size Education Series, and we hope this new information provides you with a more critical lens when you hear mainstream diet culture messaging. You can connect with us on social media, on Instagram, at MomJeansThePodcast, and feel free to email your own listener questions to MomJeansThePodcast at gmail.com. If you loved the episode, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and recommend the episode to a friend. Sending you the inner strength to accept your jeans with a G and wear the jeans with a J. Bye. This episode of Mom Jeans was produced and edited by Rachel Coleman and Tina LaBoy. Just a reminder, this episode is not a substitute for therapeutic counsel or nutrition advice. Thank you to Jerry DePizzo for the music production. You can find episode information and show notes at www.momjeansthepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at momjeansthepodcast and join the Mom Jeans the Podcast Facebook group to find a community of mamas learning to love their bodies and discussing the episodes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mom Jeans. See you next time.